I'm in safe image only mode. Clown pussy. It's July 13th, 2022. This is Rare Encounter. Encounter number 105, Breaking the Illusion. I'm Abel Kirby. And putting the D in Waifu Wednesday, I'm Cold Acid. Put in the D. Without that Waifu Wednesday, where would the D even be? Well, it wouldn't be in it, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I popped open my beer. This one's been sitting in the way for the last 20 minutes, but there we go. I do the twist-offs. Budweiser, for people who don't know, I think most people may know this, but the caps, you just twist off. No bottle opener needed. Well, Haritos doesn't come like that. Ah, Haritos! Haritos! I know, actually. I, uh, I, I've had a Haritos once, and when I got it, I had to go find a bottle opener because I didn't have one. <laughs> it was lost somewhere. So in this case, man, it is Hawaiian Haritos. Hawaiian Haritos. From, yeah, Mex- because from the Mexican Pacific, I guess? I suppose. <laughs> I, w- I was in the mood for some pineapple. Seems like a, uh, you know, Baja California probably has something like that. Probably. Yeah. Well, you know, Baja California, it's got a lot of stuff going on. I, I did a little poll uh, on... No Agenda Social, and people still think that Chicago's a worse place to hang out than Baja, California, in terms of uh, bad things happening to you, but uh, I, I still have some conviction that I'd rather be in Chicago, and I have been to Chicago uh, within a couple years. Uh, I haven't been there in, in three or four, and I did walk around, and it wasn't in the tourist area, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to die any second, you know, it felt like any other big city, so... Though, I guess walking around at night's a different story there, so. <laughs> Unless you're so, going to Subway. You know, sometimes you want to go to I'm Subway. I'm not going at, to Subway. At negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit outside, go to Subway at 4 a.m. That's what you want to do. Well, what are you doing? If you're not going to Subway, what's going on? Ooh, not much. Everyone's got to go to Subway uh, at 4 a.m. I got some. I got my dock finally for my new Surface, so mm. now I've... Improved my battle station setup. Okay. Now, instead of just having the desktop, I've got my new Surface here next to me. So next up is going to be to get get Resonance installed on there, move all my uh, move all my clips and stuff to it, and then find some way. I'm get, I guess find like a uh, a USB. A fake microphone so I can do like an audio cable from the surface to USB to the computer so I can, you know, have it all connected. So that that's now going to be my, uh, I'll use it as my clipboard. Yeah. My, not clipboard, you know the word I mean. Soundboard is what he's trying to say. Soundboard! Ladies. Ladies yes, general. that's the word. One of these. <laughs> Good job! <laughs> you got to have the hidden, the, uh, the buttons on there. Like that one Yay. and that one. Oh man, it's uh. Let's talk about shop a little bit. I got that new NAS in. Uh, I've been working on getting the show notes system updated, so it's it's going to run on a server that uh, that has two or four times the amount of RAM that the the current hardware has. And I've tested it, and it's fantastic. Uh, I, I I need to essentially upgrade the the current NAS that I have. Uh, to use the same hardware as the new one that I have. But before I do that, there's a bunch of configuration to do. Um, 
it, even just doing things like setting up accounts and security and, is. you know, I'm at making sure I've got the right versions of PHP and crap like that, which is not, you know, none of these things are groundbreaking research projects, but it's just, you ha it takes time, man. And it, I, I figure I need 30 or 40 hours of just dedicated time configuring this thing before it's even ready to go. And it's just so hard to fit that in during the week, you know, it's like a whole second job. It's a it's a more fun job than the real work, though. Usually, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, well, there's um other cool stuff going on. I have to say, I I have a report, and I'd like to start. Well, I want to. I think we should lead with our uh, our boostograms first, because the thing I'm about to jump into, I'm going to talk about for a while, and I think we uh, we need to get some business out of the way before we have too much fun. All right, sound sounds good. Uh. So I've I see here we got two two boosts came in since the last show, one of them from our executive producer who I will leave secret till the last minute, but the first one very interesting number, three sats, three sats, three sats. Now I from see Inky. I'm I'm f just really confused by this um, because I also got a three sat boost for. It's not even Ablecraft, and it's not even a, um, uh, it's not a podcast. It was a test RSS feed I put together back in the middle of last year. Someone else sent three sats for that. Weird, because I got something kind of like that as well. Somebody else put together a, uh, a site where they were testing Podcast Generator 3.2, and on the first episode of it, he included me in the in the boost split. Really? So I see here for me from this feed a boost for three hundred thirty-three sats. Well, I approve of this. I think I think everyone should put us inside their uh, splits. You should just do it. You don't Good even have idea. to ask us. Just you know, just put us in there. It'll be great. Fletcher says Fletcher says it spooks. <laughs> it spooks. Canadian spooks going after cold acid. Somehow well, they're, they're going after you too. Uh-oh. Well, the Canadian spooks can't get me. They can't get me. Haha. -ha. No, but the American spooks can. Oh, wait. I forgot about those guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had uh, So the other yeah. You want to read out the other one or No, no, no. I was Were there more that you saw because I know my node was all crazy uh, earlier this week as well. I see a couple from Ablecraft and some other things. I see one from Adam Curry. Ooh, but that's for Stay a While. That's, that's cool. for Ablecraft, isn't it? Uh, that's for the album, actually. Um, oh, I guess, nice. Well, I guess we're going to talk about that with Sir Spencer. I see uh, one from Boobery with a, with a note, a message that says, Behind the Encounter at the Gathering of the Juggalos 2023 ta Travel Funds Boost. And that was... Uh, 17,769. So 17,769 is the uh, the boost there. Well, that beats the person I had down as her executive producer then. Okay. And we have two more after that that I see, and they're both for 8888. Careful. Are they both from the same person? They're both from the same person. And um, observant listeners will know... Who boosts 8888? I think there's only two people who do that frequently that I know of. One of them's me, and the other one is, drum roll please, -la 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 -la, Carolyn Blaney! Yay! 
And uh, Carolyn Blaney says, drinking tea and jamming to tunes while Cold Acid gets his drinkies. Meetup was awesome. Break a leg! And also, Abel Kirby, there's a taxi company northwest of me called Abel Taxi. I always mean to take a photo. Well, you know, a lot of people yeah, mean I've a lot of things. I've seen them around. You know, I think someone sent me a photo of Abel Taxi once before because I've seen this, by the way. Now, Servo says that he... He sent me uh, some money because the boost didn't go through on my end. Okay. So, did you see anything from him on your end? Nope. Nothing. Huh. Nothing, huh? Nothing. Nothing like mutton. I am, uh... <laughs> well, there's a joke there, but I'm not gonna... I'm gonna keep my mouth shut out of uh, respect for the victims. <laughs> okay, so how much did you see that Boobery sent in again? Um... One seven seven six nine, so seventeen thousand seven hundred sixty nine. That, of course, is full Versus. title: Boobery, Mothman of the Mini Apocalypse, and I think he's the Horror of Yig. I think that's what he's called. I that's think what so. they call him. So, hey, in the end, then, in the end, then, Carolyn Blaney is our executive producer for tonight by a mere matter of seven sats by seven sats the lucky number seven carolyn blaney pulls ahead yeah. this is uh, interestingly enough if you if you add 8888 to itself you get 17776 which right. is like the year of your nation's independence but with an extra seven in it and seven was the difference between her and Booberry. I'm I'm seeing some sort of conspiracy here. Yes, these are coordinated boosts. This is yeah. uh that that or that or Carblanes is a Freemason. We've got to check. I think there's a tunnel from Canada from Canada to Minnesota. They're uh, they're passing notes. There's got to be what's happening. They must be. It's those yeah those tunnelers, man. Well, thanks to everyone. Thanks to Carolyn Blaney for being our executive producer and Boobery for the behind the. Behind the encounter at the Gathering of the Juggalos travel funds boost. I'm still on the fence about that. You're going to have to sell me harder than this on uh, uh, getting me to a Juggalo event, uh, Boobery, if you really want me to go, because right now I'm not seeing the appeal. The other folks, uh, I think, is anonymous. It's a the three. Oh, Inky. I'm sorry. Inky, which I believe is from Fountain. Yeah. Sent, uh, thank you yep. for your three sats. Even the three sats is uh, appreciated. Of course, everyone else, you can go to rareencounter.net to see, uh, that's our webpage and it has links to all of our, our, uh, rest of our programs, pre-recorded stuff from, uh, our archives. There's links to donate. We take PayPal too. We're not too picky, but we do like Boostergrams and we like streaming sats a lot. So you can send those, uh, using a new podcasting app to uh, send us little bits of Bitcoin and they get rolled up. And we even have a leaderboard for those who wish to partake in that. And at ablekirby.com, there's some links to both the uh, Rare Encounter and Ablecraft leaderboards. I just updated them uh, right before the show and I didn't hit the button for uh, Carolyn Blaney, so her di hers didn't get updated, but I will hit that Aww. as soon as the show is o over. <laughs> Um, it just, it's a cycle, you know? I got the infrastructure, it's a manual process now. It needs to be... Uh, needs to be automated and it's just another thing on the list but well you know where to find me yep you can all check your uh, standings there that's ablekirby.com and there's links right at the top for that well um and right at the top we still have boobery and 
uh, Sir Spencer is in second place. And DeLorean, I did not notice this before, but DeLorean in humble place number seven is boosting, uh, has a has a lifetime total of 33333 sets, which is an interesting place to, ha- damn. to happen to be on the leaderboard. That's uh, that's incredible. Good job! Well, I've got a couple topics. I got I got um, some anime to talk about. We've got some topics from No Agenda Social that I think just came in. Uh, we've got uh, some kind of throwaway news stories from BBC and The Guardian. And uh, what do you have? That's what I have in my notes. What do I you got have? I got some throwaways, but I also got some uh, some big news that we need to talk about. All right, why don't you leave me off? No, I well, mean by doing the news. <laughs> I don't mean, I mean, do the story you want, not the story I'm trying to do. Well, the the big one is actually something that uh, you put in your notes. I wasn't going to bring it up originally, but this is definitely, this is definitely topical for us as weebs and meme lords. Mm-hmm. The death of Shinzo Abe. Yep. Now this was that. Uh... That's it. For, that's it for baby making promotion in Japan. So for. I'm sure most people have heard this by now, but um, Shinzo Abe was the former prime minister of Japan. He resigned some time ago. Uh, I think it was due to a health issue or something to that effect. I'm just reciting. I'm going from memory here. And I was yeah, a little... he had like intestinal ulcers, so he uh, so he retired. I I was uh, looking forward to him of being at the Olympics, which again were supposed to be in 2020, but. Uh, that whole thing was was a shit show anyway, so you know nothing good happened with that, as everyone's aware. Um, he so did was, cosplay as Super Mario at them, the which is which is good. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, uh, someone has assassinated him with a I think it was a homemade shotgun of some kind, and it's all over the news. There's uh, people trying to figure out what's it mean for all all these different angles and. Um, I don't want to get into the the blood and guts of this, other than uh, just kind of announcing that it happened. If you want to learn more, we don't. I don't want to do a a, a detailed story about it, but other than just mention it because I think we should. Um, but yeah, that was just um, oh geez, what day was it? It must have been four days ago. It's like Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like uh, last Saturday, Friday or Saturday, maybe between that Japan time. So Shinzo Abe was uh, was. Um, was kind of famous in the anime community in at least the English speaking world because he was always a, always making comments about the low birth rate in Japan and how it's going to be improved and so the the gag you know the the in joke was that every time that they would have a love scene on screen or there would be um inside an anime or manga or any kind of Japanese media when they'd have some promotion of family units or if they had kids being born in shows and things like that it was basically him behind the scenes uh trying to promote you know because his agenda was always changing birth rate so it was always about anything anything that was happening on on screen the uh, romantic was always yes that's Shinzo that's Abe behind it but that was a little bit yep. of a joke you know that that uh it's still funny to this day unfortunately uh it's sad to see him. Uh, it's sad to see it end this way. It's completely unexpected by me. I didn't. I didn't. It, uh, that was I the last thing I thought I was going to read. Anybody expected that to happen? It's the last thing I thought I was going to read that day. But yeah, Friday. Friday. That was a hell of a day. We had the nationwide Rogers outage up here. Shinzo Abe was assassinated. Oh, yeah. 
So you got to update me on a couple things that are going on. So you had the Rogers outage. Um, I've heard bits and pieces about that. Um, and I've also uh, want to hear about the meetup because you were part of a meetup. Yeah, on uh, on Saturday, Carolyn put together another meetup like she did last month. And instead of instead of a town that's like a 30 minute drive for me at this time was more like 45 minutes away. Oh, she's trying to run away from you. Yeah. And we had Irish nachos. What are Irish nachos? They're made with waffle fries instead of corn chips. Okay. And they have bacon. Okay, so these are like Baconator fries. Do they have cheese on them? Yeah, there was definitely... There was cheese. (laughs) Uh, There was sour cream and salsa on the side. Yeah, they were pretty damn tasty, actually. Although... a lot harder to uh, go through than uh, regular nachos. So what, what do you dip it in? Do you just take the cheese on it, or do you have, like, a salsa? If it's nachos, you expect a salsa, right? Yeah, there. like I said, there there was sour cream and salsa to dip it into. <laughs> well, this sounds good. I, I haven't had great experience with the food. Um, there's been a couple places I've went here that, and I'm talking about ordering out, you know, if I'm making stuff here, it's about the same because the grocery store is about the same. But um, I went and got a hot dog. There's a hot dog place and I went out there and it just wasn't that great. You know, it was a little, little uh, bland and there, nothing special about anything that was, was on it, you know, and it felt like it cost too much for nothing. And then I went back and I said, well, you know, maybe the hot dog's not too good. A little bit later, I went back, you know, a couple of days. I got a hamburger and it was just a little thin patty and it was well done. You know, I like my hamburgers a little bit uh, more on the rare side. Sounds like the kind of place that like goes and buys like the cheap, uh, no name brand uh, stuff from the from the grocery store and tries to pass it off as their own. Nope, this is this is it, man. This is rural Ohio. This is the top (laughs) one of the top places you can go. I mean, the, the that's next, pathetic. The lateral move is Applebee's. Yeah. Let me just say, though, the the reason we went to the place we went to for this meetup is because Carolyn looked up their menu and said, hey, I want to try this place out. Let's do it as a meetup. OK. Yeah. Good. Good strategy. There, yeah. Um, there was other than Carolyn, there was nobody else there who I had ever seen before. But you got people, though, right? Oh yeah, we got people. Uh, there was this uh, there was this nice girl named Jen who came all the way down from Eastern Ontario, and she and her sister seem to be getting started on that whole homesteading thing. Okay, so they'll be they'll be ready when the nukes drop, so long as they are far enough away from Ottawa that they won't get irradiated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few other people there, some dudes who live in Uxbridge and some other guy who drove up. Okay. Yeah, not yeah, so not everybody not everybody RSVP'd, not everybody who RSVP'd showed up, but in the end we had the the same number of people. Right. Which is weird. What was the breakdown for uh shows? Uh were, were people there for No Agenda, Rare Encounter, or Hog Story? Was there any Rare Encounter fans? No there? Agenda. No Agenda no mainly. Agenda. Yeah. yeah. Mainly, yeah. I suppose we Carolyn Blaney was the only Rare Encounter fan there, huh? Oh, hopefully hopefully that's not the case anymore. Uh, did you get those coasters? Get those promotional coasters out there? 
No, I fucked up. Ah! Ah! You didn't deploy the coasters? I didn't deploy- I forgot to bring the coasters! No! You gotta deploy I also those. forgot- I also forgot my night ring, so... <sighs> so, Shit. like, it's not like- it's not like the coasters were in bad company or anything. <laughs> well, do you have one on your desk with your horitos? No, actually, uh, my horitos is in one of those drink sleeves so that my hand won't get cold and so that it won't get warm from my hand. I see. Yeah. My hands are just cold, so it keeps the beer cold while it's at it. I don't like my hands being cold. Uh, but I don't have a choice. Well, we've got some other... Get a drink sleeve. We've got podcasts uh, to talk about. So Hog Story was mentioned with Carolyn Blaney being uh, in the producer segment of the show and also uh, is the host or one of the hosts of Hog Story who just had their episode 306, Why Zorker, uh, which just came out. Now, Hog Story is a podcast over at hogstory.net. You can go check them out. Behind the Schemes had their episode 106, Stand Up for the Sick Shit, which is with Lavish and uh, Boobery, Boobery Mothman of the Miniocalypse and the Whore of Yig. The interview they had was with Techno Destructo, Scum Dog of the Universe, uh, who... He I, sounds like a nice guy. He sounds like a guy from Guar, which I think is what the situation was. <laughs> Um, I did listen to about half of that show. I, I checked in, listened to a bit, and then I had to check out, uh, as of course, Behind the Schemes this is a late night show. So when you're listening to Behind the Schemes, you go check them out at badradio.live. You uh, keep in mind, it's a night show. It's one of those you put on, uh, it's one of those you put on, uh, not, not expecting, you know, uh, well, let me put it this way. There's NPR, and then there's the real NPR. And these guys are the real NPR. I'll leave it there. As I as I see it, like Nick the Rat, this is this is the show that you you turn down the lights and you get your groove on and you put it on and you put it in. Yeah, and then Grumpy Old Ben, you jam it in. You jam it in. Grumpy Old Ben's had episode uh, one eighty six, banking hell, which I believe was recorded earlier today. Indeed. It's another, I'm always perpetually behind on Grumpy Old Ben's. They, they're playing a trick. Like when, you, you know, Cold Acid, you know, when you're flying in your biplane, your World War I era biplane, and there's someone else flying behind you, and you don't want to be behind, they don't, you don't want them behind you, you want them uh, to be in front of you, right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. It happens to yeah, me all the so time. I pull, so I pull up real hard and do a loop-de-loop, and then I'm behind them. Yes, and that's the situation with Grumpy Old Ben's. It's like flying a plane. Banking Hell, episode 186. That's with Darren O'Neill and uh, Ryan Bemrose. Of course, Bowl After Bowl also had... They had episode... What it says is 175. Bow my gosh. But I always have trouble with the, the numbers. I always think they're in the 300s. But it says 175 in my notes, so I suppose that's true. Um, I guess so. They've got a lot of stuff going on. I've, I've got to... Uh, I gotta get another Abelcraft scheduled with uh, Sir Spencer. We did one last Friday. Did you hear that? I missed it. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Well, I would. I mean, we had all the internet problems, and I, it was distracting me from from doing my usual like listening yeah, of stuff. I, I understand. We got some um, some good discussions on what we think our next steps for uh, at least our infrastructure is, and and. You know, some of the infrastructure that needs to be made isn't even technical. Some of it's like <laughs> figuring out licenses we really want. But it's uh, just good progress, good um, 
I'll say design choices. And what I mean by design is just about everything. <laughs> so it's a catch-all term for me. So when's the next album? The next album is going to be, it's being written right now. Uh, nice. <laughs> I've got, uh, there's a couple songs we played around with. Uh, I'm negligent on getting some of these turned over to him. Uh, so I realize that that has not yet been done and I did promise I'd do it. But uh, uh, yeah, there's at least some demos that got put together and spread around. So uh, it's work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to it. What about you? I want to know about your music. Have you been doing anything? Because you got a you got a guitar, if I remember right, some time ago. Yes. And last weekend, not the weekend just passed, but the one before, the long weekend, I got strings for it. Aha! So I need to string it up now. Now you got to string up that guitar. Your guitar. Yep. <laughs> guitar! Well, it'll be just like K-On. Now, speaking of just except, like... Except instead of... Cute girls doing fun things. It's a chubby middle-aged dude strumming pointlessly. Strumming pointlessly. Uh, you gotta have a better pitch than that. Well, we had, um... Where's my Rare Encounter notes? I clicked over to Ablecraft so I could read something, and now I can't find our, uh, our notes here. Here we go. So we had another anime that I watched, which is few and far between. Uh, I actually got two episodes into Strike Witches, Luminous Witches. And I also um, have a little summary of the first episode. We didn't really talk about that. I want to tell you my take on what's going on and, uh, and how this show is uh, panning out so far. The highly anticipated, of course, Strike Witches, Luminous Witches is... Upskirts of London. Upskirts of London. That's my first note here. So there is... Strike Witches is always famous for having a bunch of just lewd camera work where they have like the camera would follow someone who one of these girls would be walking down the hallway and the camera would just follow her butt the whole time. Or famously, um, they had a couple episodes where it's just like the first frame of the first scene was just like looking up someone's skirt. It was it's just so gratuitous. And if you see Strike Witches, it's like part of the, the joke in the theme is that it's completely shameless. It's it. It never acknowledges in the show that it's doing this, but it's just absolutely shameless in in uh, in, uh, in, hor in its horniness. And so, what I did is, of course, as everyone should do when they're watching Strike Witches, is they're looking out for this sort of thing. And it's almost completely absent from Luminous Witches. It is played completely straight, and there's no like weird pervy stuff so far. Um, and there was, there was one shot in the beginning of the episode where if you zoom in and I put this in, it says, uh, the sort of the subtitle, the caption, right when it rolls into episode two, it says outskirts of London. You know, it's like in the X-Files when the location gets typed in on the screen. And this, this is, uh, just as outskirts of London. There's a bale of hay and there's like one frame of a shot where you can kind of see up the, there's a girl on the hay and, it, I don't know. It's I, I blew it up so people could see it if uh, it, it see what I'm talking about. But that's that's it. So Strike Witches started as this uber horny show, and it's declined over the years in its horniness. To uh, now, there's a single uh, single shot of underwear in the whole episode. Maybe that's, that's a first. Sad. Well, the thing that's not sad is, and no, hold on, too, because I mean, this is this is also an idol show, and there's like. Always panty flashes in idol shows. Yep. So far, uh, there's been one in two episodes. 
Maybe we should get a counter. Is that is the panty shot counter? Is that too gross for uh, for us to do on the show? Is that I'm trying to find? I need a poll, okay? Is that funny or gross? Because it's a. I feel like I'm on a fine line right here. It's a brand new low. It's a brand new low. All right, you've sold me. We're gonna do it. Okay, number one, we got count one. Should I make a web page? <laughs> Why not? I mean, God. I mean, all you, right, you're gonna do make it. web pages. <laughs> it'll be it'll be HTML with uh, some A tags and uh, in images. You you should also make sure to to like say which episode. Uh, and timestamp to the frame. This is going to be like um, the bathing wiki. Do you remember that one? The anime scenes bathing wiki? The bathing wiki? No, I don't remember that. What? This is something you should be aware of. This is, um, it was a whole wiki dedicated to cataloging bathing scenes in anime, you know, from the 60s onwards. And it had, like, episode by episode, shot by shot. It was sorted and tagged by, like, what you could see, what kind of bathroom it was, if they had Hold a on. commode Anim- or a toilet. AnimeBaths.Mirahaze.org. Oh, is that what it, you found it? Anime Baths Wiki. Yes. A collective database archiving bathing scenes from anime, manga, and other related media and showing the various elements involving them. Yeah, so they have it sorted by, you know, anime, manga, it's sorted by gender. So if you only wanted to see male bathing scenes, you, there's a button for that. It's got it, it, it's got it sorted by studio, by video games. It looks like it has all kinds of shit now. Wow, they've completely changed this. Bathing scenes debuted on July 13th. What year? Of all different years. Oh. In this case, going from Dr. Slump in 1985 oh, that's, uh, up to Sokohi Shigen in 2017. That's um, Akira Toriyama, Dr. Slump. Yes. They, uh, um, author of Dragon Ball. Uh, it was a work there was prior a bathing scene. There was a bathing scene in Sabagebu? Sab- now, we're down a uh, deep, dark hole now. Oh, this one's from Wonder Woman. Wow, they even have comic stuff in here? Oh, Lord. Wow, it's a whole page for Diana Prince. Okay, this is... uh, This is a new development. Yes, this this calls for some uh, some closer some, research. Some research. Okay, so this is what I meant by the fine line between funny and creepy that we are currently going to walk here. Uh, but Strike Witches, Luminous Witches is definitely more of an idol anime it is the 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 singing has been minimum and the plot so far has been there's all these witches who are the the soldiers in this uh, alternate history war um it, it, who've basically replaced those biplanes we were talking about earlier and uh, by magically flying around and then shooting aliens with these giant guns and making them explode and it's it has a whole history that i can't go into now of why the series is one of my favorites of all time uh mostly because of its its blend of sincerity and absolutely ridiculous bullshit uh, but this one is the story of some people who were either discharged from their unit or they were just bad at what they were doing or in some cases they're not part of the military at all and they're being recruited to basically join a morale squadron where they're gonna they're not really a squadron, right? But they're going to go around and uh, do like USO style tour um, shows 
And so it's still a military fiction kind of thing. So everyone has a rank. Um, and it starts out with a bunch of people. The, they're all coming together. The band's getting together. They're finding out who they are and, you know, what their personalities are. And so far, it's been fun. It's been funny. They have the characters are so far interesting. And they all have their uh, the little animal mascots with them. They brought those back after the... After it must have been twelve years or so of of um, not having them, because in the early early days of Strike Witches, they every single character had a little animal mascot who kind of hung around with them, whether it was like a little squirrel or something like that. And those were in the OVA, like the first animated version of Strike Witches that aired even before the show, in uh, I think two thousand seven, so it aired earlier than that. The um, and they they dropped them. And there was some rationale, I I think it was given once, that was, well, there's too many things on the screen, and it was, you know, we don't want a bunch of cute animals taking away from the other stuff, and anyway, they're hard to animate, so let's, they, it just made sense to cut them, so they did, and they didn't have the animal mascots for the majority of the whole show, and they just brought them back for this one, which is actually, I was a little cold on that, I wasn't sure if it was gonna play well or not, but it's a fun, um, it's a fun element that was previously not there. Uh, so there's, you know, uh, one of the characters, the girl from Germany has a, uh, a flying squirrel. <laughs> the, the, you know, there's some cats and dogs. And there's a particular character who has this little animal uh, sidekick who's a bird of unknown kind. And nobody knows what the thing, damn thing is supposed to be. It's like this big chubby bird that shouldn't be able to fly. Uh, and... Uh, Anyway, the the second episode, the, the, basically the first ones, deal with they're coming together, they're uh, meeting each other in the streets of London, and they meet some girl who can sing very well, and she sings a couple bars, and they say, wow, she's the best voice ever, and then she, b before they can find out more about her, she ends up disappearing, and they're trying to find out where she is, and that's the majority of the, the plot, and it's kind of funny. She's under the, their nose the whole episode because it turns out she's the the uh, milkmaid delivering the milk to everyone. Uh, and this isn't part of the military at all. She's just <laughs> hanging around. So they, uh, they're looking for when she's right under their nose is kind of the thing. And, and so far, it's kind of silliness. And uh, it has a little bit of heart to it so far. They had that amazing grace is the melody that they've been singing, but they seem to have a different set of words to it. And they're in Japanese and their translation is not a straight translation of Amazing Grace. It's a different song that's almost like a nationalistic anthem. So it's, uh, I didn't write out the lyrics, but they've sang it twice on the show in, in little fragments. So it's, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody took the, uh, the music of a hymn and, put their own lyrics to it. Oh, yeah. In this case, I I was trying to find out where the music from Amazing Grace came from, just as a bit of curiosity, and it was newer than I thought. The date that I got was in the late 19... Uh, I always say that. Late 1770s. Um, 1779 was when it was published, and it was apparently written and recited a couple times before that. But it's uh, words written in 1772 by English poet and Anglican clergyman John Newton. Yep. 
So it's a, and and it had a different name. There's, there's some history pages. The Wikipedia one's a little lame compared to some of the other um, pages that I, that I breeze through. And it has a series of other names it was known at by different years, by different groups, even though it's the same song. It's kind of a fun thing. So the, my biggest fear about Strike Witches, Luminous Witches was that they were going to do a bunch of J-pop crap instead of traditional songs. And so far that's been alleviated because all of the in-show music, you know, they had, um, they have like auditions for the characters for this USO style, uh, band they're putting together. And so everyone sits down and they have basically a casting session. And I think there's a little bit of singing in there, but it was all in the right style for the era, though with kind of a modern, um, uh, I'd say modern instrumentation is the way I'd describe it. It's, uh, it's, uh. Sounds like they're going in the right direction, which I'm I'm really happy about. I hope that the actual performances in the show are in that style too, and not basically J-pop crap. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know it's it could happen. So far, there's yeah, they've but, only sang uh, a couple songs. But so so could so could us both winning the lottery tomorrow. Oh, I I have I have hope for this. They're keeping this show grounded in. Um, grounded in the era. And uh, I think they'll continue to do that. So there you go. There's my Strike Witches, Luminous Witches review after two episodes. And oh yeah, there's a poster. Uh, did you pull that for the show notes, the Sing Together advertisement? No, I didn't. No, it was one at the end. I guess I should. It's a, it's a fun little, it's the recruitment poster that they that they saw that got them to go to the audition there. Anyway, that's all I got. That's my uh, my anime update. I know they're few and far between, but that's what we got today. All right. Well, I'll pick out the next story, and here's another here's another big some big alarm bells. Uh, and speaking of bells, turns out that Amazon has been giving ring camera footage to police without consent from the device owner or a warrant. Is this a surprise to anyone? It I... shouldn't be. I, I'm not surprised, only disappointed. But I'm sure there's lots of people out there who thought, yeah, this is great, ring doorbell, and, and like, didn't even consider, like, the actual security and privacy implications of the thing. Nope. My understanding is that a certain law was passed that, and this must have been, this was like in the Twit era back when I cared about Twit, that indemnified some companies, and at the time they were mostly talking about Facebook, from privacy violations for basically giving away anything, including personal information and stuff that should have been protected, to um, the government in in a way that let them... Um, basically take anything that was on any of their servers for any reason in any of their databases, um, you know, files, text, whatever, even if it was supposed to be private and giving it to the government. And even if it was against the privacy policy, they could just do this with impunity and they could never be prosecuted for what they, and what it was framed at was, Oh, it's referring. We don't want people to, to, uh, to, uh, of, hesitate when they're going to refer a crime because they think that maybe this was private and they shouldn't talk about it. And so what they, this was the point of the law, but what it really meant is that with impunity, um, companies in that situation where they have a bunch of user data could just turn it over 
and they need not worry about any negative implications, except, I guess, if the public finds out about it. Is this under that same doctrine? Uh, there were a lot of words there. <laughs> well, that's... But yeah, no, the uh, as I see it, it's like, I don't like the idea of all this stuff being in the cloud to begin with. If I've got, if I've got like a camera doorbell, I expect that what it records to is in my own home, uh-huh. accessible only by me, or at the very least, I can say where it should be sending all its data to, which may, which should still be under my own control, or it may be somebody I trust, right? In other words, in other words, my data, my control. The idea that the idea that like I can't even say I can't even say like send it here, don't send it to the mothership. Like I mean, I'm not touching any of this nest or hive or ring stuff because yeah. all it is is like Selling me even more to big tech, which is just as bad as selling me to the government, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There's a couple alternatives. I know there's regular IP cam doorbell solutions if you want the same functionality on your same server or on, a, on hardware you control. I know there's a couple of those things out there. Carplanes points out a Raspberry doorbell, Raspberry Pi Funny doorbells. Funny enough, there is a, there is a camera... Uh, peripheral for Raspberry Pis, mm-hmm. and with the GPIO pins, yeah, you could actually turn a Raspberry Pi into like a hundred fifty dollar doorbell if you wanted to. Ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain that there are less expensive solutions for a uh, for a digital camera doorbell. There's a couple. There's a there's a couple principles at play here that I think are protecting you and I. One of them is that I don't like to keep my stuff uh, in a way that third parties can get access to it without uh, without going through me first. At least uh, at least uh, not not that I'm uh, the brick wall, you know, stopping everyone from getting in. But the um, the idea that some other actor without my knowledge or permission is just going to go pick through my own bullshit is not appealing to me. And so I try and stay off from cloud stuff. I, I got off from Google. I got off from Gmail. I got off from Google Drive. I'm trying to stay off from Discord, but I went back to one server for one particular reason. So, but I'm God, still I'm I'm still on cautious. like a million servers <sighs> on Discord. I don't see me ever weaning off uh, most of them. Even, even, um, Mastodon. So I'm on no agenda social and I'm on podcast index.social, but even there, I've got a little bit of a firewall because if I make a comment to someone on no agenda social, the guys who run podcast index.social can't see that. It's just, it's a separate account there, even though that everyone can talk to each other. So even there I've by, I've halved my, um, attack surface if that, if that is the right word, it's it's actually not probably not the right word, but I've. Uh... I see, what I see with with Fediverse is really my different accounts on different servers are different personas. So like on on podcastindex.social, it's me in my 
in my guise as a as developer of podcast generator and as somebody who is into the technology around podcasts me on no agenda social is politics and shit posting me on shit poster is shit posting an anime and so on aha uh-huh. do you have character so it's like do you have character sheets for all of these personas of yours no i i don't and i don't mean like you know it's not like that kind of like i'm a different person on each of them it's just like i have a particular i have particular focuses they're all all these accounts are me but my purpose on these different instances are different in each one yep and so if one fell it doesn't not it does not <laughs> cause all the other ones to fall like dominoes behind it you know who had a big big pr problem lately with steam yeah yeah they had uh certain users of certain uh, a certain application called Steam made by Valve, which is a launch as many as everyone. Else I know knows. what Steam is. Well, I'm explaining it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure our listeners know what Steam is as well. So, so is there a succinct definition of Steam? I know what Steam says it is. It's if you ask Steam, they say we're the place where you play games. And if you ask people on the street, they'll say, "Oh, that's the thing you play games with." But is that true? Is that the good definition of Steam? I think Steam is a proprietary launcher. Um, and DRM that also well, has yeah. a download manager built in and it makes it easy to put in a credit card and then um, spend money on various things that look like buying games but actually aren't. As some people found out when they uh, recently, I'm trying to get the damn story, it was in, uh, it was in there, but um, people are finding out that certain titles are going to be locked out the uh from from playing even if you already quote unquote owned it and uh what yeah there's a couple of these things you gotta go look this up let's do a story on that next time that it's kind of like um you know like it's kind of like a big load of bullshit is what it is so uh ubisoft games is says anonymous so maybe that's the whole thing i don't know but it's one of it's you know it's just like if you're on Netflix and you thought you were going to watch a particular show well that could disappear the next day and you'll it's just going to be over you won't be able to watch it i used to subscribe to a service called Ardio which was pretty good compete competitor to Spotify and they had parts of the library um you know, like the the American music canon, I'll call it that Spotify didn't have at the time. Though the like it's all shuffled out since. But at the time, they had I think it was Pink Floyd and a couple other things I wanted to listen to. And they actually went out of business. They got bought by Pandora and then shuttered because Pandora didn't continue doing that kind of service. They just bought them probably for the sweet license deals they had. But the the bottom line was. After, it must have been two years of subscribing to this thing, all of a sudden I found out that I didn't actually own anything. You know, I'd been paying money into it, and turns out you didn't own a single song, and it disappeared overnight. So, the uh, same thing can happen to Steam. You can find out that you've been putting money into Steam, and if they change the way that they operate, if they change something... It may even be a small change to how their service works, then you don't like it. You're just kind of screwed. You're stuck. You got no choice but to take it. Yeah, well, I just pulled up an article about this, and it turns out that the these particular games, player owners aren't going to get locked out of them. 
even after even after they're delisted. But uh, the DLC and online features won't be available anymore because for some stupid reason, the DLC for these games is literally downloaded from the servers when you play. And if the game servers are no longer in existence, well, I mean, just that's, pretty, that's pretty pants on heads retarded, honestly, Ubisoft. And you should be ashamed for doing that. Yep. The other thing, the other thing is though, Steam is yes, and it was originally even even put out there to consumers as this is this is our new way of selling our games and putting DRM on them so that people can't pirate them. That was like the original concepts involved with Steam. Now they allow they allow. Uh, people, or they allow anybody who releases games to use their own DRM or no DRM if they want. And a lot of these, a lot of these titles from other publishers will use their own lockout systems rather than what you get with Steam. That whole thing where Valve said early on, yeah, if we ever shut down Steam, you'll we'll put out DRM-free versions of everything and you'll still be able to play all the games afterwards, is only applicable to Valve's own games. Everything else is a crapshoot and up to the individual publishers or developers. Yeah, and this there's an update, they say. I'm, I'm looking at this Forbes article where they're trying to roll back some of the... Uh, yeah, I was looking the at discussion. the Games Industry Biz one. The, uh, the, it has always been our intention to do everything in our power to allow these legacy titles to remain available. And so what they're just saying is, uh, we, we wouldn't ever do that. The, uh, the, the claim they're rolling back, which I think thought was pretty clear when the news came out was that they were going to have a hard end date for some of these titles and, or at least some aspects of them. I don't know if it apparently it was DLCs. The, um, yeah, they're, they're turning off the online services for these titles. So they don't want to keep paying the server bills when they can, for games that are no longer being maintained, regardless of how popular they are. Yep. Now this, this brings up another issue and that is like, if a game's online services are going to be shut down, then it should be allowable for the community around the game to replace them with their own services. So say, so say like a game, like an MMORPG decides, oh, we're shutting down, we're not doing this anymore. Then people who play it, they should be able to set up their own servers for continuing to play in their own group yeah good luck but with as sir bemrose points out in the chat well copyright law says fuck you no way the uh good luck with bringing back star wars galaxies man uh disney is not gonna let you do that yeah and i think that's bullshit what is fundamentally even even if it's legal it's still wrong what what is missing from from this was way back at the beginning you should have known you should have known that this was going to happen. Uh, every time you spent a dollar there, you should have realized that the, that it could go away at any time. And if it's an MMORPG and you invested thing any time or money into it, um, it could just go away. Well, it's like a, it's like any other digital platform in that regard. You're not buying anything; you're only renting it. Yeah. 
The only the only the only thing you own is what you physically have control of. Yep. Well, you know, it's just like not your keys, not your cheese with the Bitcoin space. Now, continuing on on this game talk, it turns out that uh, the Unity game engine is now owned by a malware company. Hey, cool! Yeah. Well, they call them... They're considered adware, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, and especially with the way that... the way that their adware works, they're a malware company called Iron Source. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's uh, disappointing, but uh, ultimately I'm not surprised. There's There's always been that problem, especially with... Now, for... For something like Unity, you wonder, it's almost like a supply chain attack, you know, because they're not, as far as I know, inserting code into games that already exist. Though, I don't know, maybe they can. No, but if you're continu- if you're continuing to maintain your game and you're picking up the updates for the engine as you're going along, well, you can't, you can't promise or control anything. So, what's the situation with this? This is Unity buys Iron Source, or Iron Source buys Unity? Uh, they're putting it out as a merger. Uh, Unit the Unity the Unity Twitter account said we are we're thrilled to announce that we have entered into an agreement to merge with Iron Source to accelerate a unique end to end platform that powers creator success. Oh boy. Now here here's the thing too. Unity has been more and more pushing like ad platform within the engine and stuff and and it's like honestly as somebody who makes games himself very uncomfortable and I've been I've been considering like just redoing everything I had done with a dungeon crawler that I've been doing for like a decade now. <laughs> In something else. Just write it in SDL, right? So just C++, SDL, bare metal, do it. <laughs> How about that? That's a challenge, man. Yeah, it's like... There's a... I don't know. There, there used to be a problem, and I suppose it still exists, where people would get acquired, or apps would get acquired for their user base, for the install base. Because if... Instead of trying to put ads in... Or your ads inside... Um, inside an app it might be easier to just buy you know a bunch of little tiny little apps with long tails you know in install bases you know they're in the long tail and just keep buying those little things and converting their user base into users of uh of a mo- you know what you do is you buy them and then you'd push an update to the software which had kind of the same features but now it had adware inside it and this was always oh yeah that kind of bait and switch is uh is disgustingly common in like, the uh, in the mobile field. I'm thinking of Shifty Jelly. Not just one. not just for games either. Like even for non-game mobile apps, I'm, you can see that shit happening. I'm thinking there was a podcast uh, app that was, I think it was made by Shifty Jelly, and it was interesting. And then they got bought by some shiftier company, and uh, I discontinued my use of that. I can't even remember what the name was. Well, um, anyway, I'm gonna be put. I'm gonna be putting stuff in in the notes about this, so people can do their can do some of their own research on Iron Source and the nasty tactics they've done to that fuck people over. All right. 
Well, to wrap us up, I got some clowns. Clowns? Some clowns? We don't have a clown jingle. Clowns? But um, we do have a clown submission. Excellent. Who a sent it in? Uh, anonymous. And it is a recording. Well, I'll let the recording speak for itself. Uh, I It's from a YouTube video, um, but I went and I clipped kind of two parts here. So let's just... Let's listen to the uh, this clown engaging in a uh, in a uh, conversation with us. Hey there, cutie patootie. I see there that you got yourself an extra special deluxe ticket to get an extra special balloon. Aw, oh, now what's with all this sad facing? Turn that frown upside down. Well, that just won't do. Why not come on in for a big old hug, cutie? <sighs> there we are. Now go ahead and give my nose a good squeeze. There we go. Don't you feel better? Don't you feel better, Cole? Do you feel better? <laughs> what the fuck? This is this is the uh, some kind of clown birthday role play uh, thing on YouTube. Uh, the link is in my show notes, but I didn't take hot a picture red from clussy. It. Hot red clussy. All right, you ready for part two? You, you like is it, part This one. is that clown girl lets you honk her horn, Asmer. Uh, something like that. Let's listen to part two. Dearie me, now why are you exploring my whoopee cushions, young man? <laughs> Seems like someone forgot their manners. What's that? Water bazonga hongas. Hoinky poinky zoinkers. You keep speaking a bunch of silly nonsense. What's all this about a clissy? I only know how to make animals, so stop clowning. I'm sure I got a whole line waiting, too. You're not the only birthday boy, you know, huh? What's all this about balloons being so expensive? Ugh. <sighs> Well, I reckon it has something to do with inflation. Now, how about one more honk for the road? There you are, hon. You'll be extra good now. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. All right, how are you feeling after that one? Uh, I, I, as Anonymous asks in the chat, why does she have a southern accent? Why is that the worst part? <laughs> I have no idea, but I also agree. The southern accent is not what I expected for a clown. Uh, no, no, and that is not that that like any asthma in that is like totally murdered by that accent. It, I, I'm sad to say. This is. Uh... I, 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 I more I, I less expect her to make balloon animals and more expect her to bring out me some hot grits. <laughs> well, there's uh I don't know, there's there's a couple clown sightings. There was one other one which was just a shot, and it wasn't even a real clown, it was a false alarm. I put this in my notes. It so something that looked like a clown, but when you if you look really close, this was from a YouTube um <laughs> youtube like next now playing next thumbnail and i thought it was a clown i thought it was like a guy a clown in a doctor's office with like a uh, doctor doing doctor shit to him but it turns out that he didn't really have a big red nose it was actually just he's sitting in front of like a red square on the wall behind him and so from a distance it looks like he has a clown nose. so it's actually a false clown detection now you know you know what I you know what I saw in the thumbnail before I opened up the full image. What it looked like to me was that was Justin Trudeau in the chair, <laughs> and the doctor is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, as as uh, Trudeau ever dressed up as a clown? I, I don't I'm know. sure he has. I don't know. Hey, I am absolutely certain that he has, <laughs> and even if he hasn't, well, he is a clown anyways, so. It still works out. 
Oh, boy. So there we go. What are bazonka honkas? Oh, man. You know what? You know what? Now I'm going to end up going on to Gelboru and looking for girl clown picture. Oh, boy. Clown. This is all your fault. Oh, I typed in clown and I just got something else. Clown. There we go. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. You got you got card captors, didn't you? Um, I'm in safe image only mode. Clown pussy. I <laughs> we stopped that. Sorry, my foot wasn't on the pedal. I wasn't ready. The the um, amount of clownage on this website is outstanding. I it, I don't even want to. I'm in safe image mode, so it's not showing me anything dirty, which is fine. I I don't need to see too much of the clown right now. But the uh, the amount of clownage is. Don't worry, I put an NSFW link in the in the chat. It's still safe for me because it's a cookie. Look, man, I got the clown cookie that says "Don't look at the cock." I don't know what that means. Don't look at the clussy. Oh That's my god! And there is cock. There's <laughs> food. There's food of clowns in this. Jesus Christ! Well, I have a cookie, and I don't need to see that. Wow, there's a lot of clowns oh, here. Oh, you lucky bastard. All right. Is that enough clowning? Do we want to do uh, Boostergrams at the end and then close up the damn show? I think so. I think so. We, we've uh, we've reached brand new lows yet again. <laughs> yes. So it's time, it's time to... Uh, hold on a second. This doesn't look right. What? The, the clown? I think, I think Helipad is oh. just fucked up on me or something i thought uh i thought you were saying the you might have to right. you might have to do the the uh boosts today all right well give me a second i gotta pop that open uh let me see clown okay clown looks good let me just close that there's only one there's only a single solitary triplet of sets and there with oh, the big so it isn't just me the big three there with the big three is servo the third in the triad of threes so uh, thank you, Servo, with no note. And funny enough, you know that was 33 minutes ago? Yeah, it was. Very interesting. We've got three threes on the 33. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got. Um, until next time, I think we're going to have to have to do something different. Quit clowning around. Quit clowning around and do the damn show. <laughs> there's, some good, there's some good news out there, folks. Don't get despaired. But until next time, I'm Abel Kirby. I'm in cold acid. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me? She wasn't shy.